This is a HeadGum Podcast. another episode of Just a Tip. I am your host, Megan Batoon, and today I'm so excited to introduce you to Kat Skriner, who is an energetic business strategist and human design guide who works with heart-centered entrepreneurs seeking to embody their unique energetic design to achieve more ease, flow, and abundance in their personal and professional lives. I haven't really seen somebody do something like this, which is so exciting to me. So before listening to this episode, feel free to get your human design chart. It's free online. There are two links in the show notes to choose from, which are Kat's personal recommendation. After you do that, you'll have a little bit of understanding of what the heck human design is, but it's so interesting. And so without further ado, enjoy. I've never done it this way. And so this is exciting. It's like, <laughs> new for all. I us. know. It's like technology so is getting easier and easier, which is good, but at the same time is a little scary. So good. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Pushes it out of our comfort zones. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I know that like we're, I don't want to talk about this, but I will say that um, I've been off my cell phone for like quite some time because I'm really trying to um, get back into my body and not be on the phone so much, Mm. but I saw the metaverse thing happening. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm a little nervous that if, I mean, who knows what that will look like, but like, I don't know if, if that's more prevalent that we will become more disconnected from our bodies that we already are. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely a, yeah, a huge, (laughs) a huge thing right now. So huge. Well, I guess this is a good time to maybe talk about everything that you know to maybe help people before that happens, you know, like to, in order to understand who we truly are and what lifestyles we Mm. want to be living and what our real truth is. So without getting too deep into anything, I would love to hear a little bit about your background of how you found human design. Of course, of course. Well, like all good things, I found human design on a podcast. Oh yeah. Oh, me (laughs) too. Yeah. Totally, totally. It was um, Alison Rice's offline podcast Mm -hmm. and it was back in August 2019 that I listened to this podcast. I was like, oh, curiosity was kind of peaked. I I did a little bit of research at that point in time but was very interested but didn't do anything with it. And then – in probably the November, so a few months after that, um, some some people in my in my network, in my community, in my kind of circle, started talking about having a human design reading, and I was like, "Oh, okay, now wow. I have a recommendation of of someone to to have a reading from." And the you know the feedback was like, "Oh my gosh, this is mind blowing! This is amazing!" So I was like, "Oh, I'm going to investigate this." <laughs> yeah. So. In December, yeah, it was December of 2019 that I had my first reading done. 
and had the same experience was totally mind blown. Like, how does this amazing woman know everything about me? And all I have provided her was my time, date and location of birth. Like we, we hadn't had a discussion. She knew nothing about me. Um, and I had that similar kind of like whew, mind blown. Like this is, this is wild. It is. This is so wild. <laughs> I don't think I've ever and seen something so on point. Like, I mean, you, you, sometimes you mm. can do the, you put your birth, you, uh, essentially a birth chart, right? You put your same information yes. in, yes. but it's a little bit more astrological, it feels. Mm-hmm. But with human design, mm-hmm. it yeah. feels so scientific to me. Yes. And it does really meet at that intersection of science and spirituality, which is why I think it it does appeal to, to many of us and, and myself included. My my background um, has been in marketing. I've I've been very deep in things like analytics and mm-hmm. conversion rates and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, but it really appeals to me. And now when I think back to even my high school days, one of my favorite subjects was human biology. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I never did anything with that love of science and the love of the body. And now it's all kind of come back around full circle and I think that 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 kind of mechanical nature that scientific nature that really comes into into human design is what um what what gives people that that kind of comfort that it's not it's not another personality test it's not another box to kind of put yourself into and intellectually I think we all know how individual we are we all know that we have completely unique fingerprints and and on that level we understand but when we start to to really understand ourselves through the lens of human design there's this you know there's this huge door that opens you like oh I'm we are all very very unique and there are literally those billions of combinations and we could have the same energy type but still be completely different so whereas some of um, I guess the more traditional personality typing or psychometric testing that people may have done in past, you know, past careers, past jobs that, um, can tend to be a little bit narrow. You can tend to feel a little bit like you're in a box or like you, you know, you don't perhaps, you know, exhibit all of those characteristics mm-hmm. with human design as you, you know, start to peel back the layers. It starts to really affirm more and more all of those things that you've perhaps always known about yourself but never really had language to to put to it or never realized that this wasn't something that everybody felt it was it's it's quite unique to you and there's a reason behind that as well right so before we nerd out so much about it if people are listening for the first time can you briefly describe what human design is or or what it can tell you obviously we know that it's kind of a we know how to do it. Um, I know you mentioned on a previous podcast, I listened to one, a podcast you were a guest on and you mentioned two different sources that you really like to find your chart. What are those again? Absolutely. Yeah. So the first one is myhumandesign.com. And that is going to give you a really, a really good level of detail about your chart that is easy to interpret and that's quite user-friendly. So that is myhumandesign.com. And the system that I use that also offers a free um, version of your chart is called geneticmatrix.com. 
Um, so both of those, and, and there are, you know, and if you just Google, you know, human design chart, there are lots of different software providers that are going to allow you to input your time, date and location of birth. Now the time needs to be as accurate as possible. Um, sometimes that requires a little bit of digging or asking parents or kind of, you know, I've, I've even had clients calling hospitals oh to, to get their birth records <laughs> because, you know, until a certain time, you know, birth time wasn't recorded on, on birth certificates. So you're kind of relying on, you know, parents' memories in some cases, which, which is not always, you know, yeah. always, not always the most accurate, especially if you come from a larger family. Right. Um, so yeah, if you can get the, the, the time as, as accurate as possible, because that does, that does make a little bit of a difference as well. Okay. So then once people have their profiles, there are, what is it five or six, um, different, like, there's yeah so there's five different energy types and you can kind of think of energy type a little bit like a a blood type it's a very broad classification um, of the different aura types and the way that you kind of impact people at a high level I guess so it's so in a very kind of general sense we can we can classify each of the the energy types a little bit like a blood type so we could again we could have the same blood type but be very 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 different individuals so energy type is typically that first place that people start to really start to understand um, how they're designed to kind of interact what you know what energy they're giving off and the impact that they have on on people mm. and the majority of us are what we would call a sacral being so a generator or a manifesting generator so around 70 percent of the population is you know falling into those you know most common energy types mm -hmm. and the world that we live in is very much geared to towards the energy that those energy types have so um there are obviously three other energy types being manifestors projectors and reflectors so they are starting to get less common and again in, if we think about you know the, the type of society and the world that we live in at the moment and the way that things have been you know developed and um set up for societies and and, and for the collective it's very much suited to those most common energy types which is why i think a lot of people when they first come to human design and they might discover that they are one of the more rare types mm. they they are like oh this is why i have really struggled in a traditional 9 to 5 job or this is why i i feel like i just cannot keep up with people if i'm not you know chugging back the caffeine and and really you know really pushing myself and it doesn't fit you know feels really weird but i'm i just i push myself because the done thing is to climb the career ladder to have a nine to five to, to do X, Y, and Z. So, um, yeah, the, the world that we live in is, is very much suited to, you know, particular energy types. So it can be quite, um, quite liberating, I think, for some of the other energy types to, to really understand, okay, there, there's nothing wrong with you, right. but you know, you're not designed to keep up with that, that same pace that, that everybody else, you know, seemingly has. So this, yeah. It, yeah. it can be very much a permission slip to to be yourself and to really um, to do the things that feel good to you. Yeah. Oh, I love that you said permission slip because when I did my chart, that's exactly how I felt because I've been living my life so doer centric. Like I'm always doing something. I'm always mm. overworking. Uh, my profile is a five two pure generator, so mm -hmm. I'm like 
always on, but it's also like I like to be alone a lot because there's that two line. Yes. So actually, before we go in any further, can you explain a little bit more about if people might have a five or a two, what that would be? Absolutely. Yeah. So the the numbers, so the for in your example, the the five two, that's your profile. So this is essentially giving us the the two roles that you're here to play in this lifetime. So the first number, so your line five comes from your conscious side. So typically this is a role or an archetype that you can probably quite easily connect to. Now in, in different, um, I guess, camps of human design, there's slightly different language that can get used. So you'll either be called the, the heretic or the mentor. And this is someone who is very much a go-to, someone who always has a solution, um, someone who is a bit of a fixer and, and can be put on a little bit of a pedestal and seen as a bit of a hero. So with a fifth line, there is um, this projection that other people can put onto you and that can be positive and negative. So there can be this feeling of like, well, if I can't fix everybody's problems, how is my reputation going to kind of suffer here? So you, you may, um, you may be someone who's kind of quite comfortable being that person who tends to always has have a bit of a solution for people. People come to you, they kind of come to you with your problem with their problems, and they're like, "We'll, we'll just go ask Megan. She, she'll know." Mm-hmm. Um, so, but be aware of that kind of projection that people will put onto you, and 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 a tendency to perhaps put put you a little bit on a pedestal. Um, and as a fifth line, I have, I have a fifth line in my, as my unconscious line. So I'm a three, five and I, I can connect with that, that, that archetype quite, quite strongly. It's always in, in, even out of, you know, my career now in human design, in my previous careers, I, I was a mentor. I was someone that people kind of came to for solutions and to, to really kind of understand how things work. And we are really driven to you know, externalize what we know and to share what we know at, you know, at scale at, you know, with a large audience, which puts us in those positions where, again, there can be these, these projections on us, they can be positive or negative. So sometimes we can be like, Oh, I'm out here helping all the people, but who's there to kind of look after me? Like who's, who's, who's there kind of sharing, you know, and taking care of me. And solving my problems. Right, <laughs> so right. That can be Another one of five the, line. <laughs> one of the challenges. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then for your second line, the second line is known as the hermit or the natural. So someone who's very naturally gifted at um, at many different things and sometimes doesn't always recognize just how good they are at things until someone kind of calls that out of them and says, hey, I'm amazing. Can you come and share how you do this? Can you come and share, you know, your expertise on X, Y, and Z? So with a second line, they're very, there's someone like, um, the analogy I like to use is an artist, very happy in their process, very happy in their studio, happy to close the door, get things done and just be in their zone and doing what they really love. And then, you know, from time to time, someone's going to walk past the, the door of the studio, have a peek in and go, oh my God, like we need to do an exhibition. You need to share this. This is amazing. Like, you know, you need to come out of your little studio and you come out of your cave and come and share with the world. But as a second line, you're not designed to really, you know, spend your life on stage, spend your life in the spotlight. You need that time to kind of come back to recuperate, to rest, to really regenerate and to get back into what it is that you love doing and in answering the, the correct calls and recognizing and using other parts of your human design to understand what are the right things for you to be responding to as a generator. So you'll be using your sacral. 
and, um, you know, your sacral should get lit up when someone kind of gives you an invitation that is correctly aligned for you. And then you were like, I'm excited. Okay, let's do this. It feels really good in your body. It feels exciting. Your sacral strategy and authority are saying, yes, let's go. Right. And then that's a correct, you know, the, the correct thing for you to be answering to, but you're not designed to uh, just say yes to anyone who kind of knocks on the door and says, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. So being discerning and really, really leaning into that sacral response that you get is is very important for you. That's so interesting. I'm wondering, I've found myself in the past getting really excited for specific opportunities that still may have not been right for me, but I, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's that's my sacral or if that's my ego wanting to do it. Like, for example, a little bit more Mm -hmm. of like a tangible example is I was offered an interior design job for a restaurant. And I Mm -hmm. I like to do um, themed projects where I can be, you know, the head and the artist and the builder. And I don't really have to, you know, talk to anyone else. (laughs) Um, And so with this opportunity, I was like, oh, that's so fun. It would be really cool to, you know, on my resume, say that I can design retail spaces or restaurants like hospitality. Like that's huge. Mm. However, once I, Mm. once I said yes to that opportunity and was working on my passion project, which is where you, no one can see besides cat right now, but like you can see, I'm (laughs) like, I I don't really have walls (laughs) and I paint all over my hands, but like, this is me and my element. And so Yes. Taking on that job would have taken me away from this. I had to say no to it Mm. after I've already said yes. But I think my ego got ahead of me. And I think I'm still trying to understand when, maybe this is a question um, that a lot of people might have, but when do Mm. we know if it's our sacral center or our whatever chakra is um, connected to our human design? And when is it our ego making the decisions? Yeah. In this particular example, because you are a sacral authority and you are a generator, you're designed to do the things that feel good to you. Now, having an agenda is a really quick way for a generator or a manifesting generator. So anyone with that defined sacral, it's a really quick way for you to fall out of alignment. Mm. If you are doing things to get something, so having an agenda like putting it on the resume, having that experience, that's not doing it because it feels good. It's doing it because of an agenda. So that's probably what happened in that situation. There was that element of, if I do this, then I'll, I'll be able to be really satisfied with the outcome. But for a generator, your, so your signature theme is to feel satisfied. This, you know, creating magic, everything turning out beautifully, being in the zone, you know, being so full of energy because you're doing the things that you love. And, you know, the, the passion project that you're working on now is absolutely the epitome of that. So you would much rather be, you know, wallless, <laughs> without walls, <laughs> covered in paint than, you know, being, being put into a situation that that is it kind of on paper it sounds like it's going to be amazing but when you feel into your body you're like that's not what actually lights me up what lights me up is this ability for me to manage all aspects of a project for me to to really feel that satisfaction that comes from me creating the magic not just me kind of directing other people to to help me create magic so i think in that specific right. situation that's probably what happened there was an agenda which means that you are not necessarily going with what just feels good 
sometimes that feels scary. You're kind of like, well, hang on. But if it, if it only feels good, where is my, where are my other markers for, is this correct for me? But as a pure generator, as you know, as someone who has a sacral authority. So the sacral is your GPS. It shows you what lights you up. It shows you the direction you should be going in. And it's also giving you that yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. Does this feel good? Is it a a hell yes or is it a hell no? Mm. Um, so I think in that situation, that's that's probably what was at play given your specific design. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I know that my boyfriend, his um, authority is emotions. Um, how many mm-hmm. other authorities are there? So there are seven different types of authority, but emotional authority is the most common and 50% of the population have an emotional authority. So when you're looking at your chart, it will say emotional, it will say um, sacral or pure, depending on which, um, if it says pure, you are a sacral um, authority. Then, then, so 50% is emotional authority, 35% is uh, a sacral authority. And then we get down into a splenic authority, which is very much, so the spleen is the center that deals with intuition. Mm. And that's that quiet inner knowing that, that kind of, that hit of resonance, um, just knowing that something is correct for you, that it's healthy for you to, to kind of do that doesn't always make sense. And again, we can be very conditioned out of listening to our intuition because everyone's just like, just do it, just hustle, just go, you know, just, just take action. Whereas, you know, majority of us are not designed to operate that way. So 10% of the population will have a splenic authority and then the authorities, the, the, the remaining four start to get quite rare. Um, we get into an ego authority, which is someone who's making decisions that um, from the outside can look very selfish, but it's based on, you know, their desires and what they want to do. Um, then we have a self-authority. So this is going to apply to a projector only. So a self-projected projector. This is where they're making their decisions based on their sense of identity, their life story. Am I the type of person who renovates a house in the middle of the desert all by myself, (laughs) for example. Um, And then we have a mental or environmental, um, mental slash sounding board slash environmental. That one has a slight, you know, a few different um, labels to it. But this is going to be, again, a very um, small subset of of a projector. And this is someone who needs a sounding board. They need people around to bounce their decisions off. The, the, The inner circle and the sounding board are not there to um, change their mind. They're not there to, to, to provide input really. They're very much there. So that person can voice the decisions that they need to make the options. Once they hear the options, they can then process their decision. So they need to kind of speak it out loud and having that, having that sounding board, um, of, of people to, to kind of listen and to, to hold space, um, enables them to kind of really do that in an effective way. And for that environmental authority, um, their environment is also going to be really important to them. So being in the correct environment with the correct people to kind of talk through, um, chat it out is going to be very important. And then we have reflectors who are the most rare of, of uh, rare of rare, <laughs> rare, rare, rarest energy type. Um, technically they have no inner authority, but they, um, they, they need to really kind of tune into the cycles of the moon and they need to be making their decisions based on how they're feeling throughout the cycles of the moon. So the 28 day cycle of the moon, um, it can be really helpful for anyone who is a reflector 
to be very, very tuned into to what the moon is doing, how the moon's energy affects their energy as well. So what makes a reflector so rare is that all of their centers are open. So with all of the other energy types, there will be a combination of having defined centers and undefined centers. There are nine in the body, but with a reflector, they have all of their centers open. So that means that they are constantly picking up and amplifying the energy around them. They're very much influenced by the energy of, um, we, we kind of call it the cosmic weather, the neutrino stream. They're they're very much influenced by the energy of the moon particularly as well. So for them, they need to wait 28 days, particularly for big decisions, which you can imagine can be quite challenging. Um, yeah. but, but they also in the right environment as well with the correct people, because again, they're very much influenced by the energy of the people around them, by the energy of the environment and by the energy of, you know, just the cosmic weather as well. Wow. There's so many avenues. I remember the first time that I filled out my human design chart or I filled out my information. I got my chart. I remember just, it was very overwhelming to Mm -hmm. like the body graph. First of all, just like seeing all the numbers and like all the colors and the tubes and the shapes. I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is school again. Yes. But then it is school. It's a school of how you are Mm. wired from birth. And so I, I started like diving a little deeper And it's still every day that I find something new. I'm like, wow, it really does, like you said earlier, feel like a permission slip to just be even more of who I am. And the the coolest part about it is that like, it's the best parts of who I am. Like the parts that I love when I read them on the human design chart, I'm like, oh yeah, I just can be more of that. That's so fun to me. A lot of people do get really excited and they go down the rabbit hole on, you know, on Instagram or on Google. And they're really, because, because everything feels so correct and affirming and they're like, okay, just tell me more, just tell me more, just tell me more. So there can be quite a bit of, you know, overwhelm that kind of comes with that. And what I always kind of recommend is, um, and, and, and you probably hear a lot of people in the human design space say this, but, you know, always come back to your strategy and your authority. So your strategy is how your energy type is designed to really interact and to, to be in alignment and to, you know, interact with other people. So for you as a generator, that's to respond. You're built to respond. You're not supposed to be out there initiating new projects and collaborations. You you get the, you know the the, oh. the the absolute luxury of kind of leaning back and waiting to be recognised and right. you know waiting for those invitations to to really come to you. Um, and you know then you you use your sacral to to give you the the yes or the no the yes or the no and and the great thing about having a sacral authority. Um, is that it works in the moment. So you can keep asking it questions and <laughs> keep checking in with it and it will give you an answer right. relevant to that moment. And if the people around you can ask you those yes and no questions, particularly in a business sense, that makes, you know, makes everything so much more harmonious for you. Um, as a sacral authority myself, when, when my husband asks me, you know, an open-ended question about what I want to have for dinner or where I want to go on the weekend, I, 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 I'm like a deer in the headlights. I freeze. Like, yeah, I don't know. I I really do not know. (laughs) Yes or no questions, darling, please ask me the yes or no questions. (laughs) So much easier. It truly is. Um, Okay so many like avenues again of questioning 
You had mentioned previously about the projection field as a five line. Yeah. And I've heard about that before as well. And I all I can remember people saying is just like master the projection field. And it's like, okay, but how? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do <laughs> in order to protect myself? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it, it also comes back to that strategy and authority. So having a really good um, understanding of obviously your, your skills, your talent, what it is that you want to be doing and what really makes you feel good so that when things are coming to you and then you are responding to them, you're, you're kind of running it through that lens of how am I responding? Am I responding to something or am I kind of stepping into initiation here? So, you know, waiting to respond, but also really trusting that gut instinct that you have and that feeling that you get from your gut does something feel a bit off? If it does, then it's probably a hell no. If something is feeling exciting, it, it's that opportunity to say, yes, I want to think about that opportunity. Yes, let's have it, have that meeting. Let's kind of take it to the next level. Let's talk about it. I think a lot of the time when we're looking at kind of yes and no, um, there can be this, you know, if, if, a, if an email lands in your inbox and you're excited about it, you know, you kind of, you kind of lift and you're like, oh, you know, there's that kind of sharp intake of breath and you're like, your, your mind starts to, to go there and go, I'm really excited about it. But it's really that excitement that's coming from the sacral because there's that almost that jolt of electricity that you get. You're like, okay, cool. I'm getting a really positive um, response here. And then equally, when when a, when a, a project or a collaboration kind of lands in your inbox and it's not aligned, you probably have a little bit of a, a stomach, like it, it's, it's a little bit like a a contraction, it might feel like your stomach kind of drops, something bad, you know, some, some, your, your warning signals kind of go off a little bit and that's that gut, gut instinct. So wherever possible, really leading into that is going to help you with making the correct decisions, which will help with having the correct people around you and also putting yourself in the correct situations so that when you are externalizing and and really kind of living that that fifth line um, role that you're here to play as a mentor, as someone who's here to externalize to a lot of people, then it's it's the correct it's in the correct way for you and for your energy. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think this is a great segue into kind of like career. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have been doing online stuff for like quite a, a lot of yeah. my life is what it seems like all of my 20s. And I'm now that I'm 30 and, you know, kind of discovering all of these things. Like there's so much out there that I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. But when you once you start searching, there is massive amounts of information that can just help you discover who you are in a way that you inherently knew, but is, was confusing because, you know, compare, comparing to yourself, yourself to others on Instagram or like what your friends are doing or what you think you should be doing. Cause your parents told you that they want you to be a doctor or whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's also very confusing to stack ourselves up against others or our conditioning of what success means to us. Yes. And so once I found my human design and understanding that like, I am truly, uh, uh, an artistic being who likes to, you know, change people's minds or develop them or enhance them, evolve them, but also like be in a cave and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to talk a little bit about your 
approach to business and human design because I, I, there's been a lot of like human design experts, but no one really does um, an integration of business and career. And so I think that's so fascinating. And I would love to to hear about that and how you how you navigated, you know, finding that again, avenue. Avenue is my favorite word to say right now, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I love but, it. But yeah, like you, you honed in on, on something very specific that I think would be so beneficial to bring in the body graph and the business model. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I, I found human design obviously quite by accident, but then once I had made this decision that I wanted to learn more, things happened very, very quickly. And one of the things that, that really was brought into really sharp focus for me was that the work that I was previously doing in the digital marketing space was really not lighting me up. Like I did a good job. I really, I, I kind of mistook the feeling of doing a good job and being excellent at my work for passion and for, um, you know, being lit up by my work. So I, I, there was this kind of false sense Mm -hmm. of, oh yeah, this is good. Everybody loves me. I can do a good job. I can get good results for my clients. Everything's amazing. But actually that work doesn't light me up. That wasn't the work that I'm here to do in this lifetime. And once I realized that I was like, oh gosh, (laughs) this is really, this is really not good. So for me, it was very um, quick and easy to make a change because I just trusted you know, it was like I'd shut down this part of me that could actually feel good about things that I did or that I I actually felt like, you know, having a purpose or doing purpose work was something that other people, that happened to other people or that happened in the movies. It wasn't something that I was destined for. I was always going to just kind of be okay and, and, and do a good job for clients, but never really feel like I could jump out of bed and be like, oh my God, I can't wait to work and I can't wait to change the world. Like that just felt very foreign to me. It felt very fictional. And then I found human design and I was like, oh wow, this, this is crazy. And I've never wanted to study anything in my life like this. Like I would clear my schedule. I just could not wait to learn more. And I constantly, I was just, you know, really driven by that sacral feeling, that that feeling of being lit up, that feeling of um, almost kind of coming home and going, this is it. Like I found the thing, like it, it happened kind of a little bit dumb luck, I guess. But again, the universe is always conspiring. The universe is always, you know, putting things mm-hmm. in front of me. And there was a series of events that has obviously led me to this point. And everything kind of shifted obviously for me last year, which for so many people, you know, peak pandemic, it's been such a huge time of change for many people for so many different reasons. And for me, it really was that catalyst to, to make a huge change and to really look at my life very, very critically and, and see it for, for what it really was and see the work that I was doing that wasn't really kind of lighting me up. And now I, I kind of get to play in the space where I bring all of that marketing experience that I've had over the course of my previous career and I get to kind of marry it and my, my, I guess my experience being a business owner and marry that with human design to help other business owners and entrepreneurs read. It's, it's, it's almost like a redesign of how they run their business that, that very much honors their energetic capacity, honors their design, 
works with their unique blueprint that they've been given to, to, to create a business that is in alignment, that feels good and easy and fun and things flow rather than it feeling hard and, um, just very kind of push, push, push energy, which is very kind of masculine. Um, and it's not suited to all of us only, you know, when we, when we think about the energy types, our, you know, the, the, the manifestors are the ones who are designed to be initiating, to be starting new things. And that's mm. only 9% of the population. The rest of us, we need to kind of wait and, and respond to something or wait for an invitation and, and things like that. So helping people really, um, work with their design in a business sense is, is what I focus on and helping people understand that everything has its own energetic signature. And we are always impacting other people. We are being impacted by, by other people. Um, and when we understand our human design and how we are designed uh, in the most authentic expression of ourselves and we understand how our kind of business works, we can really go about, um, you know, operating in business in a way that feels really good to us instead of feeling hard and challenging all the time. Yeah. I think that's so helpful. I mean, I started my business when I was 23 years old, I think, and knew nothing about myself. That was before I even was in therapy. So like it first was therapy and then it was discovering all these different, I don't can't even remember what I've discovered. I mean, I guess it was like the Myers-Briggs, the anagrams, Mm -hmm. um, um, Ayurveda, and then human design kind of, that was more so like recently. And it's like, it's just so interesting how everything is truly all connected. And if you just keep on following the stream, you will have so much more information. Mm. And I think that that's so helpful that you're doing that because for someone who like, say me created my business at 23, still pretty much doing that business, but have developed it in certain ways and different branches of it, but could completely benefit from something like that because I didn't know how I operated back then. I didn't know even what type of rest I needed. Like knowing that I have a two in my profile, yeah. like I got to be alone a lot more mm-hmm. than, than having a full office yes. of people. Yes. Yeah. And that alone time is really important to you to, to be able to recharge. So even as a generator and, and that's why there's, you know, taking into account your entire design is really important. Obviously we start with energy type, but then we layer in all this other information that really, you know, will, will, will point us to your gifts. It will point us to, um, the, 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 the type of, um, you know, the, the, the size of group that you might be kind of designed to kind of really thrive in, in, in a business sense. Um, and particularly for, for online entrepreneurs, you know, what is the space that they're really designed to hold? Where are they designed to really thrive in terms of, is it one-to-one? Is it coaching? Is it very, they're very much designed to have an impact at a societal level, like to, to really make change at a huge scale. So really understanding some of those elements, um, what you're here to communicate, how you're here to communicate it is, is a really fun aspect of human design. And, um, I think again, coming back to that permission slip, it is very helpful in business to understand how you're designed and then how you can take the advice that you are given that you see out there and tweak it to suit you. It's not about kind of just taking everything on wholesale and and trying different strategies and then going, oh, it didn't work for me or it didn't feel good, so I'm not going to do it. Therefore, there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. 
it's about having that understanding that you can you can take a strategy from a from an online guru let's call them and make changes to it so it feels good for you and still have success with that and also that awareness of yeah. um you know in your body how is your body kind of responding? How is your body feeling about this? Because we, we get so in our heads and so in our minds and, and let that really kind of run the show. Whereas human design really shows us that the body never lies and the body is has always been there for mm. us. So it's a real kind of journey home <laughs> for many of us to, to come back to um, yeah. that guidance. What about if... I know that, I mean, we've heard like, trust your gut so mm. much, but now with human design, it's like, no, but you really have to trust it. <laughs> but what if, um, what if people aren't able to feel into their body mm. or understand their sacral or their gut? Like, do you have any tips on how to receive that information? Yeah, absolutely. Because 30% of the population doesn't have a defined sacral. So they don't have consistency there. So for them, it's going to really come down to, Yes, they can still, they're still going to feel excited and lit up by certain things, but it's not going to be that strong gut reaction that we sacral beings have. So using that authority. So again, if someone is an emotional authority, knowing that they need time and space to make their decisions, knowing that with an emotional authority, they have an emotional wave. It's a mechanical wave. It takes them from high to low, you know, from they, they go through these cycles and they're not overly emotional. It's just, it's their chemistry. It's their mechanics. It's the way that they are designed. So I think for a lot of people understanding that they have an emotional authority, so 50% of us have an emotional authority, understanding that gives them that, um, again, that, that clarity and that insight that there's nothing wrong with these emotions that they experience. It's actually quite normal for them. It's very natural. It's very healthy for them to kind of move through them, to process them, but they need to be aware of them so that they can understand when they're reaching that point of clarity and that's the perfect time for them to be making their decisions. But as an emotional authority, they are going to be impacting the people around them as well emotionally. So, you know, really understanding how your energy works, how you impact the people around you, um, you know, in a business sense, but also just in a, in a personal sense is hugely beneficial for, you know, communication, for relationships, for everything, just for, for living, um, you know, an aligned life. So not everyone's going to have that sacral. Not everyone's going to resonate with that gut feeling. Um, some people will be a splenic authority. So again, they, they need to very much lean into their intuition. And to really, mm. you know, get grounded, feel and and listen to that very quiet. It, it, sometimes it's a quiet kind of inner knowing. It's a very subtle voice. Um, it's, a, you know, these very kind of subtle pings of intuition, essentially, that are operating to, to keep you safe, to, to, to help guide you. So again, if you're not tuned in or if you're always in a really busy environment, you're always go, 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 and you don't stop and... Um, have a practice that connects you to your body, that gets you grounded, that allows you to get out of your head, then it's going to be much harder to connect um, with those feelings and, and those sensations that your body's always giving you. So one of the first things for, for many people is to just really just slow down and to have, mm. you know, any practice that gets you back into your body. For some people, it's going to be exercise. For some people, it's going to be something a little bit more gentle, like meditation. Breath work was what really helped me connect. Um, I think because it's, you know, I've, I've always loved meditation, but I've found breath work to be a little bit more active. And I kind of, 
I don't know, I, I could really feel the sensation of, of connection with my body, but it could be swimming in the ocean. It yeah. could be, you know, walking on the grass with no shoes on or spending time with your children. It, you know, there's many different ways that we can get grounded, but like you said, being disconnected from your phone is a really, really good start and sitting with your feelings, mm-hmm. being with your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's one of my favorite things to do now. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so much information inside that I can just, oh my God. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that I feel so grateful for this kind of explorative era of my life is just understanding like, I've heard the saying, like, all you need is within you or something similar. Like, you have all the answers inside of you. And it's like, sure, 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 but, like, I can't find them. (laughs) So are they there? But truly, like, with human design and Ayurveda specifically, like, those two really resonate with me Mm. more so than any of the other modalities. Um, I I don't think I've given breath work a a good enough try because I guess – I don't know. I, I get bored very easily. <laughs> and so I feel like breath work would very much help me. Um, I think I'm also like an extremist. So when I find one thing, I, I'm like, I dive into it and then I find something else and I move on to that thing. And then I forgot about breath work because now Ayurveda's here. Yeah. And, and like, that, that's, that's okay, very generator have- because you're, you're going with what your sacral is excited by. And that's absolutely the way that you should be moving through your life. You shouldn't try and force yourself to try something if it doesn't feel correct for you at that time. If you're interested in breath work and it comes back around and it, it's something that you feel you know, this urge to respond to, then the timing will be correct for you. But, you know, you as a sacral being, you should be really focused on responding to the things that really make you feel good at that time. And that will change, mm. that will evolve. Um, so again, you know, kind of take the pressure off a little bit. It's, it's amazing to be so, you know, to be curious about so many things and to, to have them kind of, you know, floating around, but the timing will be right for you when the timing is right, essentially. And then it'll pop back up the right, um, the right teacher will appear or the right kind of opportunity, or you'll be on a retreat and there's a session and you're like, okay, let's do this. I'm excited. And after that, you'll be like, oh, okay. I'm in my breathwork phase now. If that feels good to you. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really interesting and I can't wait to continue on the journey. I have a question uh, for maybe if people are skeptical of human design. I know I have a few people in my life that, you know, I'm kind of, I'm more open to a lot of things because I mm. am so curious and I, I try everything on and see what I like and a lot of stuff has resonated well with me. And so I share it with people that are like-minded or obviously the listeners of the podcast, they're here because they resonate with this type of content. Mm -hmm. But some people in my life, whether it's a parent or a childhood friend, what is their, I mean, I just think this is such a gift for anyone to know their human design. Mm. Like it truly is a permission slip. Like that has to be the name of the podcast episode because (laughs) it is, it really is a permission slip to live your most authentic and aligned and free life. Mm. So I want people to know about it, Yes, but I don't ever want to come off like I'm pushing it on anybody or if if someone isn't very spiritual, I don't want it to feel too woo woo, even though like I see it as very scientific. Mm. Um, but yeah, is, is there any, anything in your life that you've experienced that you can, um, not nudge it to people, but kind of like open the doorways and have 
have it be um, accessible to maybe people that are a little bit more cynical. Yeah, I think for, for some, the the way that it kind of came about feels a bit kind of wild and crazy. And and how can this system be this combination of many, you know, many different systems? Because it pulls in those, you know, those ancient observational systems like astrology, Kabbalah Tree of Life, the Chinese I Ching, um, and the chakra system, you know, systems that have been used for thousands and thousands of years that are just not in the Western awareness. Um, so I think that that part right. can be a little bit challenging for people and, you know, it, it would be amazing though if, if, if everyone, you know, like everyone kind of checks their astrology in the, in the newspaper or we used to back when back when we were teenagers yes. <laughs> or, or, or the monthly magazine in the Cosmo or. Yeah, like know, Cosmo. <laughs> you check your horoscope, right? Um, it, yeah. you know, it would be great if it was a little bit more mainstream like that. But I think for some people understanding the, the kind of roots in neuroscience and biochemistry um, and, and kind of quantum physics helps to really ground it into the more Western scientific realm. Um, so, for, so for many people that gives it um, a little bit more of that legitimacy. But what I've found mostly, and I guess my, my husband is a great example of this, he, he is very analytical um, and, you know, just being, being male, he's probably a little bit more black and white, you know, just that, that very masculine energy. And I, you know, when I started to, to, to get into human design, one of the first things I did was run all of the charts, you know, in our family. So I ran his chart, I ran my two children. Um, I was like, how, how can we, oh, yeah. yeah, how can we kind of, you know, just really use this to have a more harmonious kind of family life, for example. So I, I, I kind of drip fed information to him about his design and just kind of checked in with him. I said, mm. does this feel true for you? Like, does this, does this resonate? I didn't, you know, I didn't kind of throw him in the deep end, but kind of over time he's, he's like, yeah, no, that really that's me like that, that very much resonates or the way that you've kind of articulated that really, really kind of works for me. Um, so th there's no hard and fast. And again, everyone's kind of tolerance for things that are a little bit unusual or a bit new, um, is very different. Another, I guess, way that I like to explain it is, you know, so many of us have done the psychometric testing, the Myers-Briggs, the prof personality profiling, and typically that's done in a work situation. So we may be going for a job, we may be in a job and looking for a promotion. Mm. And when we think about all of that testing, it's usually oodles, hundreds of multiple choice questions. And our minds are, you know, even even if we try to be completely neutral and impartial and go with, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, our brains are always trying to keep us safe. Our brains are always, in, you know, inherently choosing the answer that we think we should be putting down there. So it's never really that completely impartial, um, you know, reflection. And it can be very much a reflection of where we're at at that point in time. Human design takes the time of our birth the time, date and location of our birth as that most true and authentic expression of our energy and who we were born to be in our most authentic expression. So in that respect, there's, there's no, um, there's no kind of second guessing or, you know, that the mind kind of was having a bit of a day <laughs> on the day that we did the test. There, there, there's no, there's no multiple choice questions. Right. So in, in that respect, I think some people kind of really, really trust that and they're like, okay, cool. And there's, there will be some things that don't resonate immediately. A lot of that can come back to 
our upbringing, our conditioning, the conditioning that we experience, you know, all the time, we're not immune to it, but having the awareness of, of how we're designed um, to operate and how we're designed to kind of live our lives can really help with, you know, getting on track and, and, and staying in alignment and staying on track. Yeah. Speaking of being on track after you find your human design chart, this will be my last inquiry. Mm. Um, I'm wondering that if, if somebody does their human design chart and it really is ringing true for them, but they're scared to embody it because maybe it's just like so frightening. Mm. Maybe they grew up in a, in a, a way of being where it was like very black and white. And it's like, you get this job, you have a nine to five, you do all these things, you need security. Mm. But if their human design chart is saying something different for me, I, like I said, I'm an extremist. I'll just, I'll quit my everything and do what it says <laughs> if it feels right. Yeah. But if somebody is a little bit more like dip their toe in, mm. um, how would you say that they can integrate the information that they learn from their body graph yeah. and, you know, kind of trickle it in or drip feed it, like you said, yeah. into their own streams? Yeah. And you can absolutely work in that way because this, this human design journey, it's an experiment. You're the only one who will be able to... 100% accurately report back to yourself how it feels when you start to to kind of experiment with your strategy, for example. So if you are a generator, you're built to respond. If you are a manifester, you're built to initiate. And many manifestors have kind of um, you know, they, they need to really learn how to do that again because they've they've learnt that their energy is so big and so bold and so powerful and the ideas that they have are so, you know, so um, you know, so different that a lot of people in their early lives, particularly in childhood, will really kind of try and dap, you know, stamp out that that independence and that 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 spirit within them. So for many manifestors, they need to kind of relearn how to initiate and how to be, you know, bold and powerful in you know in their own energy because they have quite a you know it's a very bold and powerful energy that they have. So really starting to, to kind of lean into it, understanding how you're designed to work, but then experimenting with it and taking it slow absolutely is fine. There's no need to burn everything to the ground and start again. And realistically, that's <laughs> not going to work for, for so many people, especially people who have families to support. You know, there, there, there are many, many different styles of commitments that are going to, to be a little bit restrictive on, you know, one day waking up and fully living your design. And that's, that's quite a wild um, journey to go on anyway. Yeah. So, you know, taking it slowly, focusing on your strategy and your authority. So your authority is how you're designed to make decisions. Your strategy is how you're designed to interact with the people around you, starting with those basics and really understanding mm. that potentially kind of working in your profile. So they're the two numbers. So Megan's the two five, I'm a three five working in, in that level of information and seeing and having the awareness of how that turns up for you, where it is present for you, because awareness is everything. Once you're aware of something, you can, you know, proactively do something about it, or you can just, you know, maintain that level of awareness. The other really important thing to kind of understand when you're getting started is to learn those signature and non-self themes. So each of the energy types has a signature theme, which is your energy type's happy place. It's what feel is that feeling that you get when you're in alignment. So for you, Megan, that's that feeling of satisfaction. And as a generator, when you are out of alignment, it's going to be a feeling of frustration. 
So each of the energy types is going to have different signature and non-self themes. These They will be listed on the free chart that you get. So really leaning into, um, so manifestors, it's peace and anger. Um, for generators, mm. it's satisfaction and frustration. For manifesting generators, it's peace and satisfaction and frustration and anger because we're kind of a, a bit of a hybrid type. All of them. Um, for projectors, right. they um, should be feeling a feeling of success when they're in alignment. And when they're out of alignment, they feel bitter. There's this sense of bitterness. And then for our reflectors, oh. yeah, so reflectors are, are built to feel this beautiful sense of surprise. And then on the flip side, their non-self is a sense of disappointment. So really sitting with how does that show up for me? Are they are they signals that I'm listening to in my body? Um, because they are usually that first port of call that something's not right. So if you're feeling frustrated as a generator, it's usually because you're you're taking a lot of action, you're throwing a lot of action at the wall and nothing's sticking and you're like, I'm just going to do more. I'm going to do more and more and more. Whereas yeah. what, you, what you actually need to do is probably take a step back and just take a break and wait for something else to come around for you to respond to. So really understanding your, your signature and yeah. non-self themes and how that shows up for you is really important because they're those signals that you're in or out of alignment. Yeah, that seems really helpful. Um, that's so funny that you said just like throwing things at the wall because <laughs> I definitely do that. And I'm realizing like I've reached out to like a couple people on Instagram to be like, would love to do this thing and like don't get a response back. And I'm like, that's right. I don't need to be doing that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So you, you're designed to really kind of draw when you're in alignment, you'll be very magnetic to people, to opportunities, to those collaborations. And yeah, you, you, you get the, the luxury essentially of, of, of waiting to respond. And, um, you know, that second line will be recognized for that, that, that very unique skill and talents, you know, the skills and talents and gifts that you have. Yeah. This was so helpful. Thank you so much. I'll put all of Kat's links in the show notes and definitely check out her website. You've got so much on there. So many different little things. And I was going to say avenues again, but I didn't. I <laughs> There's that word. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you've got one-on-one um, -on -one readings. You have sessions. There's a Facebook group. You've got so many resources there. Yeah which is so helpful. Lots of different ways Amazing. that you can kind of different, different levels of the journey, um, dip your toe in, jump all the way in here for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to look at every single one of those. Cause I will be doing that Amazing. tonight before bed, Amazing. Like clicking everything and signing up. Amazing. Thank you thank so much. You Megan. So much. It's been such a pleasure. All right. Bye. Bye. That was a HeadGum podcast. 